When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne fois, ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. pour les Canadiens, le 23e de l'histoire. You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this Tuesday, April 11. It is one minute past 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And the Sick Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. Look at the shirt. Ah, passion and energy. That's what those guys, my boys, my friends, Sean Gerard and Mike Cinquino and their entire staff are all about passion and energy. Energy Transportation Group is a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. And as we speak right now, my buddy Sean Gerard, one of the corners, has one eye on YouTube Live. He's got one ear listening to me, and he's going through his daughter's hockey schedule because it seems like she's going to be in Europe next week going up against some of the best players of her age group in the world. Good for her. Now, if only he would tell me her name, I would be able to give her a personalized shout-out instead of somewhat of a generic shout-out. But I'm sure it'll come in any second now if all goes well because uh, I got my phone here and Sean sent me a text message so I can actually say your daughter's name because I'm very embarrassed to say I, it just slipped my mind right now and I just forgot it. I'm sorry. I'm very happy for her. She's going to have a great time. It's a great experience. And, of course, also brought to you in part by the Geloso Beverage Group, who distributes La Bit Atibi, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. La Bit TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. La Bit TV, embrace your true nature. Uh, and a special hello to my buddy Aldo Geloso and my friend Ted Farace and Fred Sartor, over at the uh, Geloso Beverage Group. Uh, tonight is Tuesday, and on Tuesday, we don't have a regular collaborator. We have like a revolving door of people, some here, some there, some everywhere. But I got a text message uh, a while back from my buddy George Larac, who's a regular contributor on Thursday nights, and he says, can I do Tuesday? 
And I said, of course you can, George. This is your show. Are you kidding me or what? I say hello. You say hello to George Lorac. What's going on, nephew? What's going on? Hey, Tony, first of all, congratulations on all the weight loss. This is amazing. Thank Congrats. you. Congrats. I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. It's, look, uh, 21 pounds in 16 days. I'm happy, but I've been told from a lot of people a lot wiser than me that the work is actually keeping it off and not taking it off. So I'm happy I took it off, but now I want to take off more and I want to keep it off. But listen to me. Nobody cares about my weight loss. Let's get to the Montreal Canadiens, and I appreciate the kind words, George. Thank you. We have a lot to talk about. Um, Yeah, but hold on. One thing I want to say. Could you believe the Penguins lost to the Chicago? You know what? I'm going to tell you something. I can this believe, is crazy. I What's going believe, on in this? What's going on in this league? The Penguins can, will be out of the playoff. I can believe anything that happens in the National Hockey League, and I'm going to tell you this. Okay, I'm going to tell you this. Um, I um, I thought Pittsburgh. And we're going to get to the Canadians. But since you brought it up, okay, I've been thinking this for a while. George, how many teams go through winning and then they avoid a rebuild and they continue to win for like 15 years? It's very rare, okay? Boston is still doing it since 2011. To tell you the truth, I don't even know how. You got to get yeah. lucky, and and you know what, Bergeron has had a long career, and yeah. and uh, and and all that stuff, and Marshawn's had a long career, and you know they have a culture there. But the Pittsburgh Penguins, George, they won their three cups, and at one point they had to, they had to rebuild. And you know what, Mark Bergeron says, right? You want loyalty, you buy a dog, and I know that it's not an easy thing to trade Sidney Crosby, and it's not a popular thing that I would say today. I know that. I know that it's honorable to have players of that stature start their careers and end their careers with the same team. But for the good of the Penguins, I really believe they had to trade Crosby, they had to trade Latang, and they had to trade Evgeny Malkin. Uh, yeah. But you know, you know what, though? But you know what, Tony? I think this could potentially cost the job of Ron Extall. Because the trade, if he doesn't trade P3 for Madison, they're not fighting for a playoff spot. They're in. That trade was so bad. He made some bad trade. This team was supposed to make the playoff. Yeah. Just the yeah. fact that they didn't do it, it could cost his job. They were not, they're not happy with him in Pittsburgh. Well, they are not happy with Extall. And they're not happy with Petrie. George. I can't wait to see what they're going to do in the offseason. But the Penguins are not getting any better. They're getting older. They have to, to get the best that they can for their Stars players now. And if they didn't make the plot this year, next year, Buffalo's there. Like, you know, Buffalo is there next yeah. year. George, George, so, they traded John Marino and Michael Matheson in their prime. The yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins and Ron Hextall, they've blown it, man. They have yeah. really, really blown it. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. You know who the next general manager is going to be of the Pittsburgh Penguins, eh? I'm willing to well, put I'm, money on it. Bill, Bill Guerin? Mark Bergevin. Oh, yeah, he played there. He grew up with Mario. They played for the Villamar Hurricanes together. Yeah. Right? And Mario, actually, Mario really liked them. Mario, yeah, that's a good... 
That's a good guess. That's a really good guess. That's that's. Uh, I just made your show tomorrow, bro. You make my podcast every now and then. I just made your show. Hey, tomorrow. You know what? That's that is that is something that I could bring up. I like hey, it. Mac Bergevin, Mac yes, Bergevin yes, from the Point, I'm, Mario Lemieux from Rue Jacques yeah, yeah. Uh, in in Villamard played for the Villamard Hurricanes together. That was the connection, by the way, when Jean Jacques Daigneault got the. Uh, the assistant yeah. coach's job to take care of the D with the Canadians. Larry Robinson's he, name he was just, thrown out there. They put off a meeting. My sub- he, hey, he, but hold on. Let's make a deal, okay? Yeah. I wanna, I'm going to make it as uh, – I'm going to use it in my show tomorrow, but don't use it tomorrow morning. I won't. I, I want to use it. I want to use that. To, if you use it, I won't be able to do no, it. No, 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 so. no. I'll make you use it. I'll make you use it. Okay. Go for it, okay? okay. okay. Uh, and Perfect. once again, uh, and, and yes, Mark Bergevin played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, yeah. yeah. Hold on a second. Which mutual friend do Mark Bergevin and Mario Lemieux have that Mario Lemieux is like this with him and Mark Bergevin is also like this with him? Who else? That I don't Pat, know. Pat Brisson? Not, that I don't know. Pat Brisson, super agent. Yeah. Pat Brisson, yeah. best of friends with Mark Bergevin, yeah. best of friends with Mario Lemieux. Uh, they all yeah. know each other. Look, and listen. Mario Lemieux doesn't need Pat Brisson to be friends with, uh, I mean, with, uh, yeah, with yeah. Bergevin. Bergevin and Mario Lemieux are friends. They go way, way back. Yeah. They used to play hockey together uh, in their in their in their in their youth. But yeah. uh, once look, Mark Bergevin, there being you know uh, working with the Los Angeles Kings behind Rob Blake, you know, he's still yeah. in the game. He wants to get back to being a general manager in the National Hockey League. He obviously has an extensive knowledge of the Eastern Conference. You know, you would think that Mark you know, would learn from his mistakes. I and, and listen, I'll say this: Mark Bergevin will make for a better general manager of the Pittsburgh Penguins than Ron Hextall has made. Yeah, that that wouldn't be hard to to do. Yeah. Even you would too. Well, I'm not so sure I have the qualifications for that, George. But uh, anyway, uh, I just got to move this big bottle in a second. Okay, it's just my mouth dries up every now and then. Pardon me. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's All awesome right, okay. to it's awesome to to see you drink water and other than seeing you drink yeah. <laughs> this distilled water by the way with uh, pink Himalayan salt uh, in it uh, and uh, and some lemon but anyway okay let's get to the Montreal Canadiens Arbor Jacki has met with members of the media and uh, and you know a real interesting comment he talked like a lot of analysts have been talking ever since you know he was getting into fights often. At times, we're scratching our heads, George, because the timing wasn't right. And Arbor Jacki tells members of the media, you know what? Being away, I've learned a few things. I realized a few things. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to back down from, from, any, from anybody. I'm still going to defend my teammates, but I'm going to be wiser about it, choose my spots better about it, the injury that happened in that fight with uh, with Darnay was a stupid injury, 
And, you know, he says he had a conversation with his parents about having a long career. So he says he'll be wiser about things next year. Before we get to this, George, let me ask you this. As a guy who did this job and did it great, and that's you, when should a player fight? Okay, so first of all, man, I... I have. I'm gonna have to talk to this guy one day or another because he's he's a bit lost. I I listen to some of the stuff that he says, and and I don't know who he's talking to, but they're not helping him. What did he say that you're saying? I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk to you, Arbor Jack, because you're gonna you're gonna hear about what I'm gonna say right now. When you're a rookie, yeah, and you're making your mark in the NHL because people don't know you yet. Uh, you shocked the world by making the Canadians. You deserved it. You worked hard. You bring dimension that the team needs. But the thing is, you have to establish yourself at first. A rookie cannot say that you're picking your spot and you have to be smarter. You make a name for yourself. You make people fear you. That's why you went with everyone. In the first couple of years, it's normal that you go a little bit more. Because what's going to happen, Arbor, is that now your rotation is already pretty solid. Next year, you won't have to go as much because players will fear you, teams will fear you, and it's going to be easier. But it's normal in the first year, you take all up-and-comers. It's normal. The thing, though, Arbor, that's going to happen, though, next year, even though you say that you want to be smarter, there's going to be a guy that's going to be gunning for you. And I know because of the job that you have, you're going to have to go anyway. The injury that you got with DRNA was just bad luck. It's going to happen. You fight, get into a fight, you will get hurt again. That's inevitable. That's the nature of the sport. What we do is the toughest job in sport. You could play hockey, you could do great things, but there will be people that come see you. Brian Reeves is going to come. Stupid question. Is there something that he did or didn't do that he got hurt, or that's just freak accident? Like, okay. What do you, what do, you no, do to I, avoid... First of all, your shoulder okay, first of all, out. because the way that he, he's not fighting, he's not fighting well. He's not standing well. He's not holding his arm well. His technique is not good. And I have, I have to show him because if I, I, with the reach that he has, if I teach him the right techniques, nobody's going to touch him. He does not fight well. He's strong, but he doesn't have any technique. When you don't have any technique and you fight with somebody that is as strong as you are, because there's a lot of guys in the league that are strong, you're going to get hurt every time. So there's a couple of things he has, still has to tweak. But there will be a guy that will go after him next year. Ryan Reeves is going to go after him. Like, I, I know that he's going to go after him, knowing the way that he is. Delorier is going to go after him again. DRN is going to go after him again. There's a guy that's going to go after him, and he's going to show so up. So hold on a second. Like are, you saying, are you saying that he made his name so much in this first year prior to the injury that Ryan Reeves, the king of heavyweights in the National oh, yeah. League, will want to give him a go? That's how much oh, yeah. Jack oh, I yeah. impressed. Ryan Reeves and McDermott is gonna, are going after him for sure. Because first of all, Ryan Reeves is alone. He's bored. There's no one to fight in this league. And uh, he loves to put on a show. And every time you play the Canadian, it's packed in the stands because they have lots of fans. And knowing that, you know, Darren, uh, that Jack Eye is the new sheriff in town, 
knowing the way that Ryan Reed is, he's going to go after it. They're fighting for sure. And if I don't see Jack Eye before he fights him, he's going to get in trouble. Because Jack Eye is, is too wide open the way that he fights. He's not defense okay, enough. So, so, okay, so the Canadians next year, they go up, you know, and they, they play versus Reeves. They play versus McDermott. Why should he fight them? He's a better oh, player he, than them. Why should he take he, himself? Why? Uh, because they're gonna, they're gonna go after him, and he has no choice. If he, you think he's gonna cower down, he, 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 once you put yourself in that category, you can't back down anymore. You have to show your teammates that you're not afraid of anyone. If he doesn't fight Reeves next year, when we've asked him, the whole league's gonna think that he's afraid of him. So he's gonna have to, even if there's no reason, he's gonna have to show up, and Reeves is gonna go see him. Okay, Where but edu educate me, educate me on this because you can. Okay. Okay. Um, if you tell me, Tony, if Reeves goes after him and he doesn't want to fight, Reeves is going to go after some of the smaller players on the Canadians and he's going to start hitting Caulfield. Hold on a second. Then I'm going to tell you, okay, George, you should fight. But if you tell me, no, he has to fight because he doesn't fight, I mean, then the rest of the league is going to think he's I mean, scared of him. Who cares, George? No, 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 Tony. First of all, you know what's going to happen after the game? There's going to be a scrum. And all the media is going to ask him why he didn't fight him. Everybody's going to ask him about it. Why didn't you fight him? Were you afraid? What happened? He knows that. You're in Montreal market. You can't turn that down. You can't. You know? I don't. He, I don't. I. You think somebody would ask Arbor Jack? Why didn't you fight Ryan Reeves? Are you afraid? Oh my of him? God! Are you yes, afraid of, of him? Of course, somebody would ask him that. See, because you. But Tony, if somebody remember, asks him that. But, he but Tony, him out. Tony, you remember? What he said, Jackias talked the thing that he said after he fought Cassian when he talked about himself, about the job, and how he saw himself in the league, how he wasn't afraid of anyone. There's a thing that he said that weren't around the league. You have to back him up. When you talk like that, people are listening and they're like, okay, we'll see. You've said things in the past. Now he has to live by them. And he can live by them. He could do it. That's why he said it. But man, there's guys that'll be waiting for him. And they are now. He has to fight him again because he got hurt fighting him. And he has a point to prove. So there are things that there's interesting thing that's gonna happen next year. Next year, and also next year, Jaka is gonna have more, he's gonna have more challenge now in the blue line with the comedians because there will be guy pushing be in the lineup and i'm talking about mayu mayu should be an nhl next year you know montreal has a lot of great prospect at demon jackai is important yes mm -hmm. but he's gonna have to fight to stay and be a regular because montreal their death at d is one of the best in the league with all the prospect coming up and yeah. you have Hudson and company. Okay. They have a lot of great D-man. So you're talking about, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, when you used to, this is the way it is, right? When a guy comes in and he shows what he can do and he talks and he says a few, says a few things, then he's going to want to be challenged, yada, yada, yada. I'm going to read you a comment on YouTube Live, and I'm not going to read it to offend you. I'm going to read it so that you have an opportunity to respond no and you okay. can educate this person watching, okay? okay. Keith okay. Green says, laugh out loud, Larac is wrong. The game has changed so much. I mean, he has no clue anymore. So what do you say 
to Keith Green, who says, no, no, George, it was probably like that in your time. It's not like that anymore. What do you say to that? Okay, so um, that comment is so dumb that I will answer it because you asked me about it. More normally, if I see comment like that on Twitter, I ignore it because clearly this guy has no idea the, what the game is and, uh, and doesn't understand that role still and still doesn't see that there's a code in the NHL. And even though there's less fighting that there is before, people still live by the code. And he doesn't see that. He doesn't understand that. This is part of the code, Tony. Things have changed, but it doesn't matter. When you talk, because I'm talking about what Jack Eyes have said about how he's not afraid of anyone. And everyone that comes close to his player and hit him, they're going to answer to him. He said that. When you say that, and I don't know if I've told you that, Tony, before, but... Tell me. Anything that you say in the papers, yeah. every day, players, you get clips. You get clips of what all the articles, all the stuff that have been said. You know, the media gets every day, there's a, on a, there's a bundle of sheet of paper that are, that are stapled together. It's, a, it's, it's for press media. And every day, everything that is said to all the teams... In, in the paper sport, it's all clipped in, 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 in one file. Players, they read that all the time. Mm -hmm. All the time. Mm -hmm. They know what's going on with every team. You play a team, and you know what's been said in the paper, or the thing that is said, the article. It's funny because everybody always say, we don't know what's going on in the media. They don't, they don't know. They say that because they don't answer any question. But guys, they're all on social media. They read, they know everything. So going back to Jack Eye, everything that he said went across the league. And all the tough guys across the league got these quotes sent to them about what he said. And I know that just the way that they are, they cannot wait to see if it's true and how tough he is, and they're going to be look for him. And they're going to study the way that he fights. They're going to study his weakness. They're going to do that for sure. Ryan Reed loves it, and he always puts on a show. And that green, well, when he plays the wild, you will see. Because I love Jack Eye. I love him. But the way that the job, All the right. way things are, it's all, he's always going to have to answer the bell because he's put himself in that position. Yes, there's less fighting than back then. But back then, Tony, there was a code. And today, okay. there's still one. And there's always going to be one. As long as there's hitting and fighting, there's always going to be a code in the NHL. All right, let's call it the code red, by the way, okay? Let's call it the code red. Now, I have to ask you, did anyone ever tell you to go out there and give you the code red? No, nobody has done that. No one? I would, I would myself, I had Michel Therrien as a coach. He loved fighting. Yeah. When I wanted to go out there, I would tap him in the leg. Michel would start laughing on the bench. And even if Crosby and Malkin were on the ice, I would push the winger out of the way, and I'd say, get out. Everybody knew what I was going to do. I've never had a coach that ever had to tell me what to do. The only time I had a coach that prevented me of doing it was Jacques Martin. When I had Jacques Martin yeah. and things were going on in the ice, yeah. I said, put me out there. He's like, no, George, it's okay. He'd leave me on the bench. Really? Eh? Nothing would happen. And then media after the game in the scrum would be like, 
what happened? How come George was not there? Whatever. He never once said that he didn't want to. He didn't so, like so fighting. No he coach didn't want in the that. National Hockey League ever ordered never. the code red. No, no, never. And I'll go even further than that. Yeah. One time I played in Edmonton, Ron knows the coach. And they were talking about back then in the days where there's tons of fighting. Yeah. yeah. Ron knows the coach. I'm playing St. Louis Blues. I'm on the bench. Tony yeah. Twist goes on the ice. We have the last chance. I top Ron Lowe on the leg. I was like, put me out there. And he's like, are you sure, kid? <laughs> he wasn't even going to put me out there because it was Tony Twist. I was like, yes, I am sure. I went on there and I went to fight Tony Twist. And I went back and the bench after, after the five minutes was done. It's like, man, you have balls. Good job. Like, yeah. no, I've never had a coach. Tony, I was, I was known as one of the best enforcers in the NHL. Yes, 100%. And to have that reputation, coach don't have to tell you when you have to go. No, they don't have to. You know when. You know when. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and and actually, at one point, I was so feared that I didn't have to do it as much. Guy like me, guy like Brashear, guy like Bugard, yeah, guys like that were so feared. You think guys wanted to fight us? You know how many times Tony, I'd go, I'd go in the face off in front of a guy in front of me, and it's like George, I'm gonna ask you a question, and could you just shake your head and say no? I was yeah. like, no problem. And it's like, George, do you have twins? And I would like, no. And then he went back to his bench, said that he asked me to fight, and I said no. <laughs> Stuff like that, Tony. One of guys my coming movies, up to me, by the way. One of my favorite one movies, A Few Good Men, The Court Red. Eh? One of my favorite movies. One of my favorite movies. Yeah. Colonel Jessup, did you order the Code Red? You don't have to answer that question. I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility that you could possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have that luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in place, you don't talk about at parties you want me on that wall you need me on that wall we use words like honor code loyalty we use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something you use them as a punchline i have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that i provide and then questions the manner in which I provided. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand the post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Tony, did you memorize this or you read it? George, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, George. Tony, if you keep losing weight like this, you're going to convert yourself as, a, as an actor because that was impressive, man. That was more impressive than the weight that you've lost. You know what? Wow. I've never won an award in my 20 years, and I, I thought that was worthy of something. But anyway. That was so good. I'm giving you an Oscar. That was so good. I was impressed. Tony, I was impressed. You're you, goddamn you, right, I did. I love he that He gave movie. me shivers. 
I you love give that movie. Me, you give me shivers. Man. I love any movie that Demi Moore's in, by the way. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, Whoa. That was fun. Hey, uh, your show. This is funny now, and I'm going to tell you why it's funny. All right. Okay. 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 Was no this earlier today with Norma Flynn? Was this today? I would imagine. Yes. yes it was. It was today. It All was right. Today. With uh, Norma <laughs> Flynn earlier today on Le Monde de Georges at BPM Sports, which is uh, weekdays, Monday to Friday, 11 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Listen carefully. C'est sûr que tu faut que tu fasses le trade-là. Tu es allé chercher. Conor Bédard, ça va être un joueur de concession. Ça va être le gars qui va représenter le visage de l'équipe pour laquelle il va jouer en attaque dans les prochaines années. Regarde, c'est un Pour moi, c'est un no-brainer. Oh my god. You know why I, I love this guy? Because he just, you know what? He he's not shy to trade away young players. Like he's just not <laughs> he's, he's traded away Suzuki. He's traded away Caulfield. He's traded away Slavkowski. And now that Suzuki and Caulfield are still here, we want to trade him again. Hey, if he was, if Norma, God love him, eh? Because Norma and I were together for a long time. I love time. Norm. I, I love Norm. Here, eh? Hey, why do uh, you think I'm asking? Why do you think I'm asking this question when I hey, talk? Hey, he's he's great radio. But if Norma was the GM of the Canadians, he would trade <laughs> Suzuki. He would trade Caulfield. Then a year or two later, he'd go back and reacquire them. So two years later, he could trade them again. <laughs> Says football, man. Says football. <laughs> That was so good, but but. <laughs> so this was this was what this was your question was that it? No, it, it, it's because there's a listener that called in and he's like, you know what, George? If Montreal don't win the lottery, we should trade Suzuki and Caulfield for for Bedard. That's what he said. And then when he said that, I told him that it's it's a, it's a fair question, but mm -hmm. I thought it, it's too risky for Montreal to do so. And it's too much. Uh, if Bedar ends up being like a McDavid, yes, but you don't know that. And in Montreal, you cannot make that mistake once. And second, you push you push the reset for another two three years if you do that. And and it's like it doesn't matter. People in Montreal would want to. And we did a survey, and believe it or not, Tony, it was 50-50. Half of the population, half of people that love the Canadian, said they would do it, and the other half they wouldn't do it. But what, what do you deal. think? What here's do you th what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Any team that has the first and so now this stuff, like as Mark Bergeron said, like not even PlayStation, this stuff would happen. All right, but any but I, but actually, actually, it happened with Lindros, so anything think, could happen. You know what? Great point. It happened with Lindros, and but do you remember that trade? Well, I don't remember the specific everything, but I just know okay. that the most important piece was Fosberg. The most important piece was Fosberg. Just Fosberg for Lindros straight up would have been fine, but everything else that they give, obviously, uh, you know, Colorado won the trade. They won the cup no, not long la later because okay. of that trade. So if I if memory serves me well, okay, Ron Hextall was part of that trade. Yeah. Right? Steve Duchesne was part of that trade. Peter Forsberg was part of that trade. Mike Ricci was part of that trade. $15 million was part of that trade. Yeah. I also believe I could be wrong. I also believe Chris Simon was part of that trade. Yeah, possibly. Now, Sammy, who's a Flyers fan and at Master Control, Sammy, if you ever want to bring it up here, 
But anyway, uh, on that note, uh, okay, so that was, so it was, okay, so it was a listener who brought it up. It's not Norma that was just throwing it out there just because he felt like doing that today. No, no, a, no, no, a listener, a listener brought it up to me the night before. And when he brought it up to me the night before, I was like, man, I'm going to ask Norm that, that question. And I know for a fact he's going to say that he would do it. And that's why I asked him the question. I, I said that I wouldn't, but I knew asking him, he said that he would because of the past, like like how he, he's never afraid to trade the young players. So I asked him the question, but 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 Tony, again, Tony, if I ask you the question, would you do McDavid against Coalfield and Suzuki right now? Of course. Okay, me too. Now, would you do Bedar against these two guys right now at the draft? I would. Oh yeah, see me, I me, I wouldn't because I, I'd be too afraid of the risk that he. I think Bedar's potential is more like a Mitch Marner, and Mitch Marner, I wouldn't give him for Suzuki and Cofield. That's a good way you of know? looking at it. That's a good way of but, looking but, at it. Look, I don't think he's 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 McDavid potential like over a okay. hundred. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the way I looked at it. Okay, and and by the okay. way, we all know that this would never happen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The way exactly. the way I looked at it is is that I take a look at the Canadians and they, they obviously have a lot of young players and they're trying to build something, right? Yeah, so by yeah. getting a Connor Bedard who would be on an entry-level contract for the next three years as opposed to players, one that's going to be at 7.875 for the next seven years and one who might be at around $8 million for who knows how long, maybe even up to eight years after that. That's one of the biggest reasons why I would do it, all right? And then, but, you know, it obviously, you know what? You end up shoring up a position and then you end up getting two holes. So... Uh, I can understand the 50% that didn't want to do it. I thank you yeah. for your time. Okay. Thank you very, for your time. Sent me a text message. Hey, hey, hey bro. Tony, actually, Tony, hold on. Uh, yeah. I, I want to say how good you are. I'm going to show you, uh, I'm going to show you outside my window. You try, you're going to try to guess where I am. Okay. Okay. I'm not good with this stuff though. Are you at La Tour des Canadiens? No, come on. Look to see if some of your listeners, if they know. Where no, am I? You are at. Uh... Are you downtown? No. Ask. Look. Look for your your text messages to see if they know your listeners. Are you in Montreal or not? No. You're in Vancouver. No. You're in New York. Yes, I'm in New York. Oh, you're in New York. Wow. Yes, I'm in New York because... No, but Mo... I, you, you threw me off there because I assumed <laughs> you were in Montreal. So I was like, I mean, where is he, you know? But Yeah, uh... no. I, I, tomorrow, I'm uh, doing uh, a shooting day with P.K. Subban tomorrow all afternoon. And I will fill you in later what we're doing. We're doing something special. And I'll tell you later on the, the project that we're working on. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you updated later. You'll say hi to him for me. Oh, well, of course I will. He loves I, you. No, I, I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not so sure about that. I, it, look, we had a we had a great relationship. He's yeah. a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, when I was in Toronto in the off season, uh, I sent him a text. He met up. He met the family. I, I have a lot of time for PK. Uh, one of the most exciting players to play here in the last 20, 25 years. Yeah, um, I loved watching him play. Um, when he was here, 
down the stretch when he left. As you know, George, right? We're members of the media. We have players in that locker room and members of the organization that whisper in our ear. Uh, they whisper it and they want us to repeat it. So I was getting one side of the story and I repeated the side that I was getting. And I think he took it badly. I think he took it badly. Yeah, but you know the two players that got him out, right? Oh, yeah, I know who got him out. Who? Who? Well, Pacioretty was a big part of it. And and the second one? Um, also on the team or in, or in coaching yeah, on and management? On a, on a, no, on the team. Brendan Gallagher? Gallagher? Yes. Yeah. These two guys got him out. Hey, Tony, before we go, another thing I but want listen to talk about. I want you to yeah. say hi to I want you to say hi to him for I will, I will, I will. I will tomorrow. Oh, I, will. I want I you to give him my best, say. and I'm happy that he's doing well. And and you know what? I think he's gonna end up being the first analyst, a hockey analyst, um to make he's the, to make he's the, he's the Stephen A Stephen A. Smith of hockey. Yeah, and that's who he's being mentored by, right? And he's being mentored yeah. by Stephen A. Smith. They've had a lot. He's look. He's a very intelligent guy, and I. He's gonna make. He's gonna make five plus million dollars talking about a sport that is probably the number four sport in the United States, maybe even yeah. number five. And that's he'll true. make five plus million dollars a year talking about that sport. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Tony. Another thing I wanted to ask you before we go, Carlson. Uh, hands down, we give him the Norris, right? I, I think you have no other choice. I mean, what he's doing okay. at his age, picking up the points, I think yeah. you have no other choice. Okay, the question I have for you, does the NHL has to step up next year and add another category for the defensemen? Uh, a thousand best percent. offensive and best defensive a thousand, defensemen. A thousand percent. Eric Carlson's going to win the Norris, but he can't defend. A thousand percent. Yeah. Okay, we agree. That, that's good, we agree. Hey. And look, I got the pillow for you. Wow, you make souvenirs everywhere, eh? The pillow in Montreal, the pillow in New York. <laughs> Tell me the truth. It's just you and I now, all okay, right? Okay, okay. Nobody else, okay. okay? When we hang up, are you going to smash that pillow? <laughs> <laughs> Bye, George. Be careful. There's bed bugs in New York, George. Be Look, careful. I'm kissing it. Oh, my God. I don't know how I'm going to sleep tonight. I got this terrible visual. Talk to you soon. Take care. <laughs> okay, have bye, fun. Bye. Say hi to PK bye. for me. All right. Ciao. Yeah. All right. Okay. There you have it, George Larac. We got a treat for you tonight. All right. We got a treat for you. Because last night we were off for, of course, Easter Monday. And then Yellow was celebrating with his family. And I want to let you know as well. It was, it was in Yellow's birthday on Saturday, right? So he had a chance to catch up with, uh, with his family. And, uh, you know, they combined, I think, a birthday party and an Easter celebration. We were off. Well, Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca is a regular on Mondays. So instead of, you know what, skipping the week to talk to Eric next week, Eric says, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm available tomorrow. And I said, yeah, well, I got George Larac, but I said, you know what, we'll do George the first 30 minutes and we'll do you for the next 30. Eric Engels, good evening. How are you? You there? now, Eric. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. All right. I can Looks hear you. Looks clear. Uh, hey? You're slimming out. Yeah, slowly but surely. But uh look, slowly but surely. It's 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 not a sprint, it's a marathon. So I'm not gonna, you know, I I you know, let's uh, I saw something about 21 pounds in 16 days. 21 pounds in 16 days, yeah. 
Yeah, what, but I'm I'm look, what I'm, marathon are you running that fast? I'm I'm the type of, I I've actually done zero exercise in the last 16 days to be Not honest. Eating, with you. And, and 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 you know what? Look, by the way, I recommend exercise, all right? If you can do it, and I'm, I'm not saying that not, but Eric just said it. Eric's been down this road too. You've lost a lot of weight. Folks, I've realized, okay, like 80 to 90% is in the food. I mean, the, at one point, the workouts are going to put you over the hump, yes. But, I mean, if you're going to go to the gym and you're going to burn 500 calories and you're going to end up eating 3,500 calories a day, you're not losing weight, okay? So it's it's just it's just educating uh it's just basically education um, what have you been doing 21 and 16 is serious so That's so look really i good. you know i'll say it now because uh i i divulged it actually on social media i i joined the weight loss program out of toronto called uh, apex 31 and uh, i'm not going to get into all the uh the fine details all i can tell you is this is that it works on not on counting calories it works on basically body chemistry okay so what you have to do is is you have lunch you have supper there's no breakfast you're 18 hours off you're six hours on but in those six hours on there's no snacking there's no eating in between all right there's lunch and there's supper okay, okay. and then you have to follow a very certain formula which is you know, you know having x amount of meat or fish per day x amount mm -hmm. of fruits per day uh, you can have unlimited vegetables. You got to drink so much water. You, you obviously got to take supplements and vitamins and stuff like that. But, uh, you know what? That's it. Yeah. Water is key. You got to drink, uh, you know, the more you drink, the better it is. And, uh, and I'll say this, look, I'll say this. I, I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'll, I'll do it anyway. I'll grab my phone. Okay. If anyone wants to join, all right. Uh, you can go to apex31.com. All right. Uh, or you can call this number, 1-844-747-0175. Uh, I don't know if Sammy can put it up. Maybe Sammy can uh, jot it down and then bring it up after. 1-844-747-0175. And if you enter my code, you'll actually save 10%. And my code is AM2729. So you know what I think the whole thing is? You yeah. know what I think the whole thing is, Tony? Like, it's great that you're doing this. You yeah. believe in something, you're doing it, it's working, you're seeing results, so it's easier to commit to. The big thing is, like, just a habit. Whatever habit it is that you yeah. end up forming, as long as it's a good one, it's going to lead to good results. So yeah. you know, there's a hundred different ways to skin this cat. Yeah. And I guess you're doing it your way, and it's working. So keep yeah, it up. Yeah, thank way you very go. much. I'm, I'm very happy about it. But, uh, you know, uh, in my world, in my world, I want to lose like another 60 more. So I'm concerned I, about your vision though. You don't recognize MSG when George was showing it to you. You know what? I haven't been in a while. When was the last time that I was, was in Madison New York? square garden? That was, yeah. that was a dead giveaway. Yeah, no, but you know what it is, is that I just, uh, not to make any excuse here. I just, I didn't even think of New York because I thought you're in Montreal, right? He did a radio show today. I didn't hear about him leaving or wasn't whatever. So I just figured, okay, Montreal, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, but I haven't been to New York in a while, but I love New York, though. I really, really love New York. I feel like New York loves you, too. Yeah, thank you. All right. Um, you know the, the whole story behind Tony, eh? The whole the whole story behind Tony? Well, supposedly... Like, like you? Are you speak, referring to yourself in the third person, or...? Yeah, no, but there's a story behind... Um, there's a story behind Tony is that... Um, I think when when um, 
uh, it has to do with something about two New York and Tony. But anyway, I don't remember the story. So anyway, okay. let's move on. Two New York. Oh, I got to talk thought, to you about something. Okay. I got to talk to you about something. Okay. It was a couple of weeks ago that I said that it was the Montreal Canadiens' plan to announce Cole Caulfield to a contract extension before the season was over. I've been hearing about this. Okay. Yeah. This has this been is, coming up to me. Okay. This is the information that I've been given. This is the information that I was given. I can tell you that a couple of weeks ago, what I know is, is that there were Zoom calls going on all weekend. Zoom calls between Pat Brisson and Kent Hughes. Zoom calls, I would imagine, from Pat Brisson to Cole Caulfield to, to make him aware of the entire situation. Back to Zoom calls with, this is what the agents do, right? They talk to the general managers. Uh, they throw out some numbers. They go here, they go there. Then they go back to their client. They say, okay, this is where we're at. What do you think? Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the strategy that we're going to take. Okay, boom, we're going to go back. and, and st- Okay, so now the season ends Thursday. The players are going to clean out their lockers as late as Monday. No, Friday. As early as Friday. Right? It's happening Friday. So it's happening Friday. Perfect. And we can confirm now that people still use Zoom. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, yes, they're okay. definitely using Zoom. They're using Zoom. Got okay. It. Well, maybe they're using Microsoft Teams. I don't know. But I know that they're using, <laughs> you know, now, now. Okay. Um, Cole Caulfield is on the ice. Cole Caulfield is skating. I don't think this is no coincidence, okay? I think they want the images to go out. I think they want the fans to see it. And I understand that if they announce a Cole Caulfield contract extension before the season is over, it takes a terrible season and it ends it on like a positive note. Hey, Cole Caulfield's going to be a have for the next three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Okay. Having said that, we're now Tuesday, 1044 PM, and there hasn't been an announcement yet. Are you hearing anything? Because I know you hear a lot. You know, this is one of those things that I don't think really anybody is hearing anything outside of what you said yourself. If you heard something to the, the what is that olives in there? Are you drinking a big martini? What's no, going no, on? no. It's uh, four liters of distilled water and there's uh, some lemons in there. Go oh, ahead. lemons. Okay. That's very good for you. It's yeah. good for your gut health. Um, listen, like, I'm not going to lie. This is not one of those things that I'm really hearing about. And I think it's, I don't think really anybody is. Um, you know, I don't doubt the information that you got. Um, there's a lot of buzz within the marketplace. I don't know if it emanated from your podcast or if other people are saying it or whatever, that they're hoping that a deal gets done before the season ends. I don't really see the end of season as a like a delineation point or a, a deadline target for this to get done. Um, you know, typically in big, difficult, well, I don't even want to use the word difficult. But typically in negotiations, they come down to the wire and to the deadline because that's when there's actual pressure on to get a deal done. And I think that real first pressure point is not even, you know, July 1, he's a restricted free agent. It's it's the beginning of training camp. That's that's the first real pressure point. Now, would the Canadians and Cole Caulfield like to avoid having to get all the way down to a deadline in order to hammer out a deal? I, I would like to believe so. These are two parties negotiating in good faith, uh, both with an interest in Cole being a Montreal Canadian for a long time, whether that's three years or seven years or eight years, it's a long time. You know, if they're able to get it done between now and the end of the season, that's a great note to leave on. Um, do the Canadians need it as a win in order to, you know, spin something positive going into the offseason? I mean, May 8th, 
which I believe is the date of the lottery is around the corner. So we'll see what happens there. That could be something exciting for Canadians fans to hang their hats on, um, regardless of where they land in it. Uh, but if they land number one or number two, that would be pretty exciting or even number three. Um, so I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know that it's that anything is necessarily imminent, but I would imagine that conversations have taken place like like you're suggesting I, I would imagine that they are talking about this and it's an important dossier and a priority for jeff gordon and ken hughes and certainly for cole caulfield who would love to i'm sure go into the summer and have all this behind him and just focus on one thing yeah. which is coming back I listen like i said i can guarantee you i can guarantee you i know for a fact that a couple of weeks ago uh the negotiations were 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 going on throughout the weekend yeah, i'm not and surprised the entire weekend there were there were Zoom calls nonstop type of thing, okay? Uh, and or so Microsoft Teams, whichever they, one. They actually thought that they. I I I think maybe they thought that they were going to be able to get. Yeah. Uh, are Are you concerned? Are Are you no. at all concerned if you're a Canadians no. fan that no no? But listen, everyone knows that Caulfield is going to sign a contract, right? But when I say concerned, I mean Canadians fans will be concerned if Cole Caulfield takes three years and he doesn't take seven or eight. That's what I mean by concerned, okay? Because you know they well, how well how will they feel if he takes seven or eight at a number that is you know over a million dollars more than what Suzuki makes a year? How will they feel about that? Yeah, but this is a negotiation, it, guys. Like, yeah, I, 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 I understand that, Eric. But so even though for some it was it was it was probably inconceivable to think that a winger would get more than a center or that Cole would get more than the captain. If Cole would sign a three-year deal and he scores 40, 45, and 50, his next contract's going to be 10 million. And now he's going to be making 2.2 million more than the captain. So I yeah. mean, if this deal pays I mean, the, five, six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred, a million more than the captain, the next one's going to be a lot more. Yeah. But look at it from the other side. And the other side is, you know, the cap barring some sort of miracle, is going to go up by $1 million this summer. But this will be the last summer that the players are going to owe money still to the owners. And then the cap is going to jump significantly, and it's going to be measured up against a business that has grown exponentially since the pandemic, which nobody expected it to rebound to the level it has, and it has tremendously. So everything is relative. You know, if Cole ends up on a three-year deal, that keeps him at a lower AAV than what he would make on a seven or eight year deal. And then the cap jumps up dramatically three years from now. And his number ends up being 10 million or 10.5 or 11 because he's earned it. Well, he'll be worth that number one, but the percentage of the cap he'd be taking up might end up being equitable to what it would have been if he was on a seven or eight year deal. So you ask me if I'm concerned or if Canadians fans should be concerned I don't really think they should be. When they should be is if not only does a deal not get done between now and the end of the season, which, again, I don't think there's any hard deadline for that to happen right away. Mm -hmm. The concern should be is he shows up or doesn't show up to training camp because he doesn't have a deal in hand. The concern should be that this gets to the regular season and he doesn't have a deal in hand. Um, that would be concerning. But as far as what the number will be and what the years will be, what the contract will look like i think we all know and the canadians certainly do what kind of player cole caulfield is and what kind of player he's going to be he's going to get paid a lot of money whether it's on a three-year deal a six-year deal a seven-year deal an eight-year deal whatever it ends up being it's going to cost a lot of money and it's going to eat up a percentage of the cap that hopefully gets smaller and smaller okay. as we move along because the cap's going to go up 
Man, you're going to love this next comment that I'm going to read to you, but uh, I'll get to it in a second. Before I do, a shout-out to Playground. They have over 600 machines, poker tournaments, Playground casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Are you ready for this? Hit me. We're talking about Cole Caulfield. We're talking about the duration of the contract. We're talking about how much money. We're talking about this, how much of that. Ryan Baker via YouTube Live, he's still not proven, is his comment. Caulfield's still not proven. To that, you answer what? If you're the Canadians and you want to play hardball, you could make that argument. You know, you could say Nick Suzuki was on pace to score 92 points this season, and uh, he's got 64. And just because Cole had 24 goals uh, in the time that he was healthy, or was it 26? Am I off on the numbers? I think it's not a math. Yeah, not a numbers guy. Anyways, you can make that argument if you're the Canadians and you want to beat them down. Um, I don't think there needs to be anything contentious here between both parties. Like I think they both want the same thing. But Cole Caulfield was scoring at a pace of like 49 to 50 goals or something like that, right? I know. And and, 48. So I understand Ryan's comment. There's not a big sample size. But anyone who scores on a pace that he can finish with 48, 49, or 50 goals, like how many players can do that? Now, yeah, he's you, also you've entered he's, an elite company now. He's also not a flash in the pan scorer. Like, this is what he has done his entire life. He broke, he didn't break, he shattered Austin Matthews' scoring record at the uh, National Development Program. Yeah. And he has literally been scoring, his scoring goals has been his life. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's, um, you know, Arturi Lekkanen, who had a ripping good season in the Swedish Hockey League, uh, but only one where he scored a lot of goals. And then, or like Lars Eller, who people used to say, why can't he score more? And like, he'd never had a pedigree of scoring goals. Um, you know, like this is one of those situations where if you want to beat the player down over it, you could certainly argue that he's not proven yet, that even at a 26-goal pace or on a 50-goal pace over 82 games from last season to this season when he got hurt, that it's not necessarily as much road as you would need to garner a contract that'll be more lucrative than Nick Suzuki's. You know, I have a kind of a counter question, though, because I think if you know the player well enough, you know that he's he's going to score goals and he's going to score a lot of them. And, and if the minimum is 35, then there's a chance he can hit you know, 50, you're, you're mm-hmm. in good shape paying him, yeah. whatever the number probably ends up being. Look at Suzuki. All right. Suzuki is going to finish with what? 65 to 67 points here. Okay. Yeah. It's not a dramatic jump up from where he was at 61 points over the last two seasons each. But like, if this guy was playing with Caulfield for the entire season, I would have to think he's over 75. And if he was playing with, two wingers of Caulfield's quality as most of the top centers in the league get to do, you know, if you like take a look at some of the top centers in the league and who they're playing with, what do we think Nick Suzuki ends up with? Because I think there's a lot of people who look at his contract now, Tony, and they're saying like, yeah. Oh, is he really worth this money? Knowing that, you know, he's not, he's not killing it. He's not a, he's, we know he's not a Matthews or he's not a McKinnon, yeah. but he is going to be one of the, one of the best two way centers in the league and, and is going to score a lot more points. I think, per year with good wingers than people assume based on his production so far. No doubt in my mind, this is hypothetical. I mean, it didn't happen, so we'll never know. Cole Caulfield doesn't get hurt. 
Nick Suzuki has Cole Caulfield and or Kirby Dock to complement that line for an extended period of time for the entire season, he's a point per game. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, if he's going to not much with, in uh, mine either. If he's going to finish with uh, with 66 points, and there and there's somebody who thinks that he wouldn't have picked up an extra 16 points had he played the last 40 games with uh, you know for Caulfield and with the 30 games with Caulfield and then Doc. I mean, come on, of course he would have. Yeah. So is Caulfield proven to the extent that Austin Matthews is? No. Is Caulfield proven in terms of what his potential <clears throat> is? It's a pretty pretty safe bet. Pretty sure bet, which is why I say, you know, I don't think this is going to become something contentious. And I think wherever it ends up, honestly, you know, we'll never know because if it's a three-year deal, people will say, oh, they should have signed him for eight. And if it's an eight-year deal, they should still say he should have waited and they could have signed him for three at a lesser number and they could have mm-hmm. been more combat. One way or the other, it's probably going to even out. Like, honestly, it's it. we're talking a million dollars kind of slide year over year for the player and what it ends up being for 10 years, if he signs for three and then six or for eight and then two, you know, like it's, I, I don't think there's, there's much concern to be had in this dossier. That's really my belief. Hey, by the way, the Boston Bruins have beat uh, the Canadians 132 points by beating Washington tonight. They now have 133 oh, no. points. That's They're absolutely, good, eh? that, that, that's unbelievable. My God. Imagine they, they won, don't win the cup. Like the Canadians cruise to the cup that year, right? Like they, they have won seven like, games in a row, seven games in a row. I'm not going to ask you for your cup prediction just yet, by the way. All right. I'm not going to do that. So ask me uh, if I would trade Suzuki and Caulfield for Vidar. <laughs> you, you wouldn't. Uh, listen, I never pretend to know more about the prospects than a lot of the people who are real experts on that because I'm watching the NHL all season. I'm, of but, course, you know, of course. The one thing about Connor Bedard is we've all gotten a really good look. What does Connor Bedard do, Bass? Eric, what let me mean? interrupt for a What's second. What's the best please. quality of his game? That's please my question. Please let me interrupt for a second, okay? Yeah. Anyone that is on the Canadians beat and covers all the games the way you do, so anyone who has a certain, like a, a similar work schedule to yours and pretends to know everything there is to know about the prospects it's it's bs they're all faking it i would take it a step further anybody who you know there's a lot of internet experts out there who literally canvas youtube and watch clips nonstop and read what everybody else has to say and then all of a sudden they're an expert and and whoever their team picks is the wrong player and it should have been this player like you need to see a player over a five-year stretch to see how he improves from year over year you need to see, you know, like there's there's over 300 viewings, yeah, per per scout in the room that goes into selecting a player. So, I, I, you know, that kind of talk makes me somewhat nauseous, and I never pretend to be that guy. I'm never going to make my opinion on draft on draft eligible players based on YouTube samples, no matter how many of that I've seen and no matter how many articles I've read. Well said. Uh, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. But Bedard, well the one thing is, we've all seen Bedard. So my question is is this. What is Bedard's greatest quality as a player? And he's got a lot of them. There's there's not even a question about it. He's got a lot his of them. His scoring ability. His... Bingo. So, like, is he going to outscore Caulfield by 10 to 20 goals a season? Like, is that what he's going to be in the NHL? Is he big and strong? And, and I'm not ripping down Connor Bedard. A, he is a, very it's a clearly great way of looking at it, Eric. It's a great yeah. way of looking at it. I very was clearly at it. Draft, I, I, cool. I was looking at it a lot more for taking a look at the youth that they have 
and when they believe that they can all be come together as a team. So now you get in a player, young player on an entry level contract and all that stuff. Look, you know, and I know it'll never happen. The team that has the first pick overall, by the way, they're not Correct. trading him for nothing. Never. And nor would the Canadians, I don't think, have the courage to offer Suzuki and Caulfield for the first pick. So well, it it'll sense. never happen. So here's my view. And this is this is my view on it. OK, part of me would absolutely trade those two players. If, if we're just talking about a, a trade in a vacuum, two players for one, it would be very tempting to take those two players at 23 and 22 years old and trade them for Connor Bedard. But moves like this are not made in a vacuum. They The player coming here comes to a team. And my big belief on Connor Bedard is this. In order to win in the NHL with those types of players... Like, there are five, six, seven teams in the race to get Connor Bedard. You know, I'm going to tell you that the one team that I think he could actually win the Stanley Cup with is the Montreal Canadiens. Because I think they're far enough along and have enough of the pieces that they could win within the three years that he's on entry level. Once he's past entry level, if he's the type of player we think he's going to be... He's going to get $15 million. You can't win. You just can't. The Oilers right now... This is the best crack. I, mean, I was on your show. It wasn't that long ago that I was saying they have no chance of ever winning. And then they got Matias Eklund because I didn't believe that they valued those types of players. And then they, they got, got goaltending. And they got some goaltending and they got Matias Eklund. And defensively, they look a lot stronger than they did when we had that conversation. I'm going to tell you right now, I think they have their best chance that they are ever going to have while McDavid is doing what he's doing. But that is so almost impossible to bottle and expect that it's going to happen like it's bedard can go to chicago and there's no chance in my view that within three years he's going to win the stanley cup and if he doesn't and he is the type of player we think he can be they just won't be able to build the team around him that they're going to need um and i i would say the same of almost virtually every other team in the, the race so if you take nick suzuki and cole caulfield and ship them out to get that player are you going to be able to win within those three years? That's that's my question. And that's why it would be almost impossible for me to make that kind of move if I were the Canadians. Yeah. I also think that coming back to my original question, man, if they win that lottery, if they win that lottery, oh man, you have Caulfield. And yeah. I, know, I know the temptation Over for a lot of people. I know a temptation for a lot of people would be to put Suzuki Caulfield and Connor Bedard on the same line. And but I would I in some home games. Yeah, do whatever you want. And, you and I would if I needed a goal, but Could you know have what? the the logical the logical thing would probably be to have Caulfield scoring goals on one line and Connor Bedard scoring goals on another line. Yeah. And then geez, how do you stop the Montreal? I don't know. Game? It opens up every nice. it opens up every option you could think of if that guy ends up here. It's the same yeah. way you could look at any team that he'd end up on and say, wow. Look at what this could be. Except you got to have a few of the pieces already. The Canadians have three of them. Up yeah, front. they have a defense yeah. that honestly, within two to three years, is going to be a really, really good defense. That is the backbone and strength of this team. They need a goaltender. Yes, they're going to need one. And no matter how good Montembeau has been, you find goalies you, though. You find goalies. Yeah, you you, you have to. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. I think people might look outside of this market and say, oh, you know, Engels covers the Canadians. Of course, he's going to say the Canadians are the best team to get him and this and that. I mean, I think from an NHL and marketing ah, it's true, it's true, it's true. It would be, it would be unbelievable. To well, see Gary's, him Gary's hoping he goes like, to Arizona so he can what say What would you prefer? Connor Bedard ends up in Montreal with the Canadians or he goes to Columbus? Like, I, I mean, come on. 
San Jose is San Jose is one team that I look at, and Columbus has some some good pieces coming up, by the way. But San Jose is one team that I look at and think that could be interesting if he ends up there in terms of you know turning that around pretty quickly. But man, if you have Bedard here in Montreal, which I know Canadian fans are dreaming about every single day, and you have Suzuki and you have Caulfield and you have Doc, and potentially you have Dubois, you know what 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 else are you really looking for? You know, you've got a lot of other ancillary pieces, guys like Raphael Harvey Pinard. If that guy's on your third or fourth line, you're you're gonna be a pretty good team. You could be competitive within all three years of Bedard on entry level. Yeah. So we got that we got plenty of time to I'm not so sure you need Pierre Luc Dubois if you would get Connor Bedard, but obviously, I mean it wouldn't hurt. Uh, in ter- well, maybe it would in terms of the yeah, take everything you can get, just load up. It would be a great show. Speaking of which, Anthony Rodia invites you on his totally relatable tour. Come see the king off the boat comedy performed live on Friday, April 28th at Olympia. Audiences love Rodia's candidness about his personal life and razor sharp observations on marriage, parenthood, road rage, everything else worthy of a social media rant. Buy your ticket now on ticketmaster.ca and you're guaranteed an evening full of stomach pains and tears of laughter. This is presented by Just for laughs and we welcome just for laughs on the sick podcast with tony marinero thank you for your support all right okay before we let you go because we've we've gone oh it's 1104 uh a quick comment on daryl sutter calgary flames lose to nashville last night at home in what was like a like a must win game for them uh they end up going to a shootout and Tyler Toffoli, who scored 34 goals and 73 points, is their best goal scorer and their top point getter. They don't get to him. Elias Lindholm is number two in terms of uh, goals and the points. They don't get to him. They don't get to Manjapane. They don't get to Dylan, Dylan Dubé. Um, they end up, he ends up putting out their Nick Ritchie who I think's like had five shootout attempts in his life and has four goals this season. Yeah. Thus far. Like I, I, and, the logic and, was okay. And, and Sutter, Sutter said he scored a goal in a shootout versus UC Saros before. And uh, the game that wasn't played out there. Anyway, yeah. the game was played in overtime where we missed I, too many chances. I don't even, I don't even disagree with that. Um, you know, I, I would have personally turned to Toffoli and I know a lot of people said he's two for 17 lifetime in the shootout. But I also know who Tyler Foley is, and you put the game on the line. That's a guy who I want the puck on his stick shooting. Like I just, he's the type of guy who steps up in those moments. He proved it here in Montreal. He proved it in Los Angeles. Correct. Remember and, when Crawford didn't choose Gretzky in Nagano? Yeah, right? let's not compare the those logic. Two, but... the, no, no, no. I, and I'm not. But the logic back then was, you know what? Gretzky misses a lot of breakaways. Yeah. Okay, I would reckon that Wayne Gretzky scored at least 150 goals on a breakaway. Yeah. You know, I would also suggest that tournaments on the line, I kind of want the puck on that guy's stick. Um, and that's what it is with Toffoli. And and I don't even disagree with what Daryl said. Um, and I like Daryl. I, I really, actually, really like Daryl. But the Calgary Flames lost like 25 games by a goal this year. 30. 30, excuse 30. me. Yeah. They had 45 shots last night and scored the, two goals. Their record were, seven and 17 in overtime, by the way. Yeah. And I think half of those games, he started with two defensemen in the overtime period. 
They had five, like they were facing the one goalie last night that you really don't want to be facing in that situation. They had like five unbelievable scoring chances in overtime. But the bottom line is something is wrong in Calgary. How the hell is this team life and death two out of the last three years when they should be leading their division? They, they should be the best team in that division. Eric, he's we're got Jonathan stuck. Huberto on the third line playing his off wing. I Listen, Calgary that, this year, the Flames. That seems personal to me, man. Going, I, don't, I don't get that, man. Going back to the bubble, going back to the, the year that the Canadians played them fucking eight times, excuse my language, and it was literally the type of hockey that you you – would rather watch with your eyes closed. Yeah. It's just not, it just doesn't fly anymore in 20. I love Daryl. No. Like it does not fly anymore in 2023. No. You are He's not. Got connect, he is not connecting with enough of those players to make the difference that it got out into the media and became a thing is if I was in that locker room, I would have felt very uneasy about it. You know, I would have felt very annoyed that guys were speaking out, but, that is a big part of your role as a coach is to bring the team together. And that team has clearly had some sort of division because look at how good the components are. Like the, the team, yeah, they lost Matthew Kachuk and that was a heavy blow. And Johnny Gaudreau was unbelievable and a big part of their mojo. And Sean Monaghan, no matter how hurt he was, was a big part of the heart and soul of the team. But like, man, Uyghur, Huberto in, Kadri in, they didn't get worse. Like yeah. they, they, there's just for them to go 30 games losing by a goal for them to have their season hanging by a thread in a shootout and a 45 shot game. And for them to just be miserable all year. Like I, I honestly, that is the most tortured group of players and the most tortured fan base yeah. in the NHL this season. Like I, you know having what? to watch I... this season must've just been, a horrendous experience for Calgary. With the exception of uh, of uh, Johnny Hockey and Matthew Kachuk one year ago, it's three years that I just, I can't watch the Calgary Flames. It, it's like, it's just, it's well, last very... year they were, they were, last year they were exactly who they should have been two years ago and this year. Yes, yes. They were unbelievable. But, but two years ago, believe, two years ago and this year, they're, ba- they they're bad for the game. game. I yeah, two years ago and this them. year, they're bad for the game. They're not good for the NHL. They're the most boring team in the National Hockey League no to watch. Fun, and, and you know what? They've had no success playing the way they have. Not in the playoffs when it counts. And this year, they're not even making a playoffs. Hey, by the way, Florida's uh, qualified for the playoffs. They're in. They're in. Yeah, the Panthers are in. All right. They better, uh, they better hope that over the next, you know, couple games left in the regular season that they somehow don't end up against Boston in the first round. You know what? Stranger things have happened. Yeah. I wouldn't bet on it, but I mean that's the playoffs, right? Where upsets happen every hey, at least they're year. hot. They're they're the hottest team. Yeah. They're the, you said Boston's won seven in a row. I think Florida has won six of the last seven. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad. Eric, two games left for the Habs in New York versus the Islanders. And uh, of course they host the Boston Bruins on Thursday. Where are you right? Oh, you're at home right now. Are you? Uh... I'm at home. I'm at home. I'm not on the road for this New York game. Toronto is my last road game. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll be doing some playoff coverage uh, at Sportsnet, but there's a lot to debrief in terms of the offseason for the Canadians, so we'll be yes. on that. And I know your show is going to keep going, so I'm around. Correct. The SICK podcast is not going anywhere. I, I think our plan, and it can change, all right, but I, I think the plan is, is that, uh, of course, we're going to continue doing what we're doing. 
Well, we're going to talk Montreal Canadiens, even when they're out, we're going to be able to, hopefully we're going to be able to get some players on with the Canadians, get some players on with the rocket. Uh, we're going to talk to people in different cities that are covering teams that are in the playoffs. We'll talk to teams. We'll talk to reporters and people involved with teams that actually didn't make the playoffs. We're going to, we're going to preview the draft. We're going to have a special um, draft lottery show on Monday, May 8th. And, uh, you know, we'll bring you all the way up until the draft. And then July and August, I think we're going to go on vacation and uh, we're probably going to do a couple of shows here and there um, uh, part time. And then we'll be back, you know, full pin back in September. Well, but we're, we're you. you know, we're going on for it. at least another couple of months. Five happy days a birthday week. to Aniello. Yes. And all the best to Sammy. Yeah, and this has been fun, and I can't wait for the fun to continue. Thank we're going to have, have a lot to talk about. Thank That's you, Eric. I'm, I'm th- if Aniello and Sammy give me the night off. I'm going to go to the last game of the season, the Canadians versus the Bruins, because uh, what better way to end the season than the Montreal Canadiens versus the Boston Bruins? It would have been better in the playoffs, but uh, it is what it is. How many goals for Joel Teasdale tomorrow? Um, He's a great story. What a great story that kid is. So nice to see he's getting a chance. Very much deserves the call up. Yeah. Yeah. Two or three years with the knee injury. Yeah. He splits his knee and then boom, it happens again to him. And uh, catching fire in Laval and gets a chance to do yeah. this. That's a nice story. Well, I hope he scores tomorrow night in uh, New York because it's going to be hard for him to score versus the Boston Bruins. <laughs> Have a good one. Have a good night. Take care. All right. Okay. I'd like to bring Sammy and Yellow in if we can. Uh, let's bring him in. Yep. What's up? Can we? Run? All right. Hey, uh, I just wanted to say, and once again, I mean, I, I know I called you on Saturday. Uh, big birthday for you, right? I, I was not in, I was not invited, unfortunately. And, uh, yesterday I know that you had, uh, the family over a big party for you and, uh, I was not invited again, but that's, that's okay. What can I tell you? Are you uh, here today? For me, what's important is that we're 50, 50 on this venture, whether you want to invite me or not to the parties, but, you were here but I, I wanted to give a shout out if we can yep. to at Dolce. Can we do that right now or yeah, go ahead? All right. All right. There you have it. Uh, Puka Dolce. The key to Puka Dolce's success is, of course, its extensive network of specialty suppliers and farmers having exclusive Canadian distribution rights in many cases. So who are Puka Dolce? Well, uh, they're my buddies. And uh, what I can tell you is they bring in some amazing products from Italy. They're in Yellow's buddies as well, including the Martinucci cakes, which come from Le Puglie. And uh, I bring it up because Agnello yesterday indulged on the uh, amaretto cake, on the tiramisu cake, on the ricotta and pera cake, and on the frutta di bosco cake. All amazing cakes. And if you want more information, there's the number, 450-969-5977. They're at 2355 Monte Masson in Laval. So... Uh, hello to our friends at Puca Dolce. Their products that they bring in from Italy are just absolutely fantastic. And you see them more and more in restaurants all the time. I would say a big percentage of restaurants in our beautiful city of Montreal actually carry their cakes and their products and their Martinucci Tartufos as well. All right. Okay. Cake was good. Excellent. All right. Always good, always good there. It's 1114. Are we good? We're good. Let's go, man. So why don't we do this? Thank you very much to everyone watching on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live. If you enjoyed the sick podcast with Tony Marinaro tonight, hit the like button. Share it with your friends. Comment sick right now on 
YouTube, Facebook, or Twitter Live. Sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. Go to Google, Apple, or Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It's our way, me, and Yellow and Sammy, of feeling the love that you have for us. And we want to let you know it is reciprocal. You love us. We love you. We're going to get together this summer. We promised you, and we deliver on our promises. We'll be back tomorrow night, same time, same place. They're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.